welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. Today we're talking about the power to share our faith. Acts 1.8, many of you know that verse. And uh, this is just like the intro, but, but the Bible says that we will receive power or miracle working ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we will be witnesses to all the world. So, so Jesus is saying right from the beginning that once you get born again, the Holy Spirit is in you to give you an ability that's beyond yourself to be a witness to other people. So many of us get hung up on our inability. I'm too shy. I don't know enough of the Bible. They'll ask me questions about Adam's belly button. They won't be able to answer it. They're going to ask me, why wasn't I healed? And I won't have any answers. Get over yourself. God wants to use you through kindness and just expressing the love of God. And you don't know where that word will take you. There are people I've witnessed to and shared about Jesus. And that seed has taken a long time, but three, four years, that seed's born fruit and that person's been born again. Amen. You don't know how that conversation is going to work out. God will take that. God will remind people. He will take the words that you, t- you share and it'll just keep playing in their mind over and over again. You know, I've shared little things like to people I've worked with, you know what, if you don't believe God is real, just go out in the backyard at night, look up in the sky and lift up your hands and say, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And they've done that and God's encountered them. God will take any, any opportunity to make himself known. So I want you to, today to turn in your Bibles to Acts 16 verse 13. Are you excited today about learning how to share Jesus? Good. Are you excited about learning about the power of Jesus? Amen? Amen. So three things I want to share with you today out of this story. Acts 16, 13. Number one, as you take notes, Holy Spirit has promised to lead you. Did you hear that? Say with me, Holy Spirit is going to lead me. Fantastic. So this week, for those listening on live stream, for those of you here today, Holy Spirit is committed to leading you this week to God encounters. He's going to do it. Did you hear that? (laughs) You ready? Right. And on the Sabbath day, we this is Paul, we went outside, Paul and Luke, outside the gate to a riverside where we supposed that there would be a place of prayer. Paul and Luke were always looking for where people hung out. Interesting. And we sat down and we began to speak to the women who had assembled. They were always looking for opportunities to talk about Jesus. And there was a woman named Lydia. They believed that this woman was the first convert in Europe. So this is where the gospel spreads to all of Europe because a number of men took the opportunity that was before them. You don't know where this conversation is going to lead to, what it's going to open up in your life. We were supposed to there be a place of prayer and we sat down and began to speak to the women who assembled. And a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshipper of God, was listening. Sometimes I've been sharing my faith to somebody And somebody else has been listening to me share my faith. You don't know what God's going to do. And the Lord opened her heart. 
to respond to the things spoken by Paul. I love this story as it unpacks that God, by His Spirit, is going to lead us to opportunities where He's going to open the hearts of people. He's going to lead us this week to people that are hungry to encounter God. You know, uh, last week I was away uh, with my daughters and before we got on the team bus, I was praying, God, lead me to the right people. Lead me to people that are going to ask me, what do you do for a job? And I've got a plan ready, depending on who they are. I, I, I pre-planned this. I'm going to tell them I'm an author. I'm going to tell them, see, I'm sneaky. I start, with one, I, I start with things that are palatable. I'm an author. I also am on the board of a care arm and I pastor a church. And I've got five kids. And it opens up conversation. God's going to lead you to people. They're going to ask questions. They're going to open up amazing opportunities. Holy Spirit, see, it says in, in Romans 8.14, it says, For as many who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So if, how many people today are children of God in this house? About three quarters. Okay, this is a great opportunity for me to do a gospel message. How many people today are children of God, are born again? Okay, you saw all those hands? Lift up your hands again so I can see. Ah, all right. So put your hands down now. All of you are led by the Spirit. Did you hear that? You're led. The Holy Spirit is talking to you. Sometimes we suppress that, ignore it, don't take the opportunity. But He's speaking to us every day. He's highlighting people in need. There's compassion that's welling up. There's all these opportunities. He's going to lead you this week into God opportunities. Isaiah 45 verse 1 to 3 says... Thus says the Lord to Cyrus, he's anointed. I have taken you by the right hand. I'm going to use you to subdue nations before you. I'm going to loose the armor of kings. I'm going to open doors before you so the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and I will make all the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and I will cut through the iron doors. What does that mean? Holy Spirit's going to go before us and he's going to melt the hardest heart. In fact, in my experience, the people that I thought would never be born again are the ones that God saves. See, when I was a printer, I remember sharing my faith for years and years, it seemed. And the two people that got born again through my witnessing or as a product of that, one was a bikey. He was part of our printing team. The other one was, was a backslidden, if you want to use that term, Christian, that was just a street fighter and an alcoholic almost. They looked like the most unlikely people to ever respond. But Isaiah says that God's going to flow through you and he's going to shatter all the resistance, all the hard hearts. He can get through if you will be led by your spirit. Isn't that exciting? Again, it says Isaiah 48, 17. This is what the Lord says. I am the Lord your God. I will teach you how to profit. That's, also, that's financially, but it's also success in our witnessing of Jesus. He says, I will lead you in the way you should go. So one of the prayers that we should be praying every day is, Holy Spirit, lead me today. When you get out of bed in the morning, say this prayer. This is a prayer that I pray. Holy Spirit, 
I want to be led by you today. I don't want to go off on my own agenda. I don't want to miss your promptings. promptings. Lead me by your Spirit. It's interesting as you read through the Old Testament, there are examples of people just so committed to following. One example is Elisha and Elijah. Remember 2 Kings chapter 2, where Elijah is about to be taken up to heaven. He's a, a prophet, but he's also a picture of following hard after God. Because Elisha is following after Elijah because he wants what Elijah has and his determination to say, wherever you go, I'm going to be. Elijah tries to stop him, says, you know what, you need to stay there. But Elisha is determined to follow after him. Now, the Holy Spirit's not playing games with us. He's not trying to make it difficult. But this attitude of saying, Holy Spirit, I am determined to follow after you today. I'm not going to get sidetracked. I'm going to be listening and focused on what you want to do. Imagine if every believer had that same tenacity. Ruth and Naomi. Ruth says to Naomi, you know, Naomi wants Ruth to stay in the land and not follow her back to her hometown. But Ruth says, you know what, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your people will be my people. And where you're buried, I'll be buried. You aren't getting rid of me because I want to be with you. Imagine if we had that same tenacity. I am committed to following after you. I'm committed to hearing your voice. I'm going to tune into your spirit. And one of the things I'm, I'm not perfect at by any means, but I'm praying to God, help me to be aware of your presence. Because I can find chunks, hours go by, and I've forgotten about the Holy Spirit. I've got sidetracked. I've got busy. And I'm doing God's work in a sense, but I'm, I'm, I'm not attuned to what Holy Spirit is doing. So I can go into a conversation. I can go into a group of people and forget what God wants to do. Have you ever done that? It could be a whole day and you thought, I missed it. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. So our prayer today, number one is, Holy Spirit, you're going to lead me and I thank you for that. I want to be led by your Spirit. And why don't we just say that today? Holy Spirit, come on, say it again. Holy Spirit, lead me. Say it again. Holy Spirit, lead me. Do you know, if, if we truly make that the prayer of our heart every day, I believe all of us are going to have some of the most amazing God encounters. Oh, it's going to be scary at times. We have to step out in faith. We may not know what the outcome is. You're going to have to put yourself on the line, but he's going to back you up. Look at this story. Paul, Luke, the group that stepped out. They said, you know what? There's some people over there. They look like they're hungry. They look like they're needy. Why don't we just go and hang out with them and talk about Jesus? And from that moment, all of Europe opened up to God. Anyone here that have ancestors from Europe? That's, you're here today, your ancestors, because of this story. Somebody stepped out. Someone walked across the room. Someone listened to Holy Spirit. He is he's more desperate to flow through you than you are for him, to flow through him, uh, for him to flow through you. He wants to do it. So we say today, Holy Spirit, lead us this week. Make it, Lord, a, a lifestyle thing. My grandpa is now with the Lord. One of the things I so admired about him, now he was... He was bold and brash, uh, 
But, but he always looked for opportunities. Nobody would go into his house and get out without knowing about Jesus. And he would ask them, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I squirm some days, I've got to admit, sitting around the kitchen table as my grandpa grilled people on, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit and do you speak in tongues? <laughs> but th- there was this passion that every person that he met, he wanted them to deeply encounter Jesus. What, what an amazing thought, hey? Imagine what God could do through all, the, through all of us if we all had that same passion. Lead me, flow through me. So look at verse 16 now. So Holy Spirit leads me. Secondly, Holy Spirit is going to empower me. And it happened as we were going to the place of prayer that there was a slave girl and she had a spirit of divination, also known as a python spirit. This whole story is quite amazing because... This woman was controlling all of the city. She was actually prophesying and, and decreeing over the city and, and, and actually held the whole city in bondage and they'd lost hope. She was bringing her masters lots of profit by fortune telling. And she followed after Paul and she kept crying out saying, These men's, these men are bondservants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She did this for many days. And Paul was cheesed off. God says, greatly annoyed. And he turned and he said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. And this Spirit came out the very moment. Amen? Woo! So here's the second thing. Holy Spirit wants to empower you. And as we share our faith, we are going to come up against demonic resistance. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says that the God of this world has veiled or blinded the eyes and the minds of those who are perishing. He doesn't want them to believe. But the great news is that Jesus said, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And so when we begin to be led by the Spirit and share our faith, you are going to come up against demonic resistance. There will be people like the first story whose hearts are open. I've witnessed to people and it's been like taking candy from a baby. It's just like you talk about Jesus and they start crying. I want to be born again. So easy. And other people, there is a resistance the moment you share. And sometimes it's both. So people I've shared uh, my faith with have been open. And then they come back the next day and the wall's down. The wall's closed. They're angry. They don't want to talk to you. They're resistant. And sometimes we can be offended, like, oh, don't they like me anymore? It's not personal. It's the enemy. And he's trying to stop them from being born again. And so sometimes we can back off and think, well, maybe, maybe you know, they don't like me. But it's, it's, it's a spiritual battle that we are up against. So in your workplace, when you meet in resistance, the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and so, so we need to be aware that as we go and we are led by the Spirit, whenever we're led by the Spirit, there's going to be encounters. There's going to be a conflict. When Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Spirit led him into an encounter with Satan himself and, and, and a breaking of strongholds. So whenever you're led, there will be encounters. And so we need to be mature and understand that as we take the kingdom, there will be conflict. But be a good cheer because he has overcome the world. I learned this as a young boy, that as I began to share my faith, and I've told this story here, but 
those on live stream and YouTube probably haven't heard this, but as a young boy, I would go out almost weekly to Oakley, the streets of Oakley, and when that died down, we'd go to the, the city of Melbourne and we would share our faith and often come up against demonic resistance, uh, particularly when we went into new areas. Sometimes the, the, the demonic strongholds in that region would then, as, as we shared our faith or we broke into new ground, would then visit us at night and appear in our room. And I'd wake up and there'd be demonic spirits in the room. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because he has no power over you. It's all deception and bluff. Close your eyes and go back to sleep. He's just trying to stop you from going again. He has no authority over you. We would have, uh, and this is not to glorify the enemy because he's a loser, right? The Bible says at the end of the world, when we look at him, we'll say, is this the one that deceived the nations? His authority that he has is a delegated authority. So in other words, if he can deceive you into being fearful, he takes your power and authority and uses it against you. That's what fear does. It empowers the devil with your authority. Do you understand that? So when I'm afraid, he comes and takes my authority and uses that against me. It's like handing over a gun to him and allowing him to shoot you. He never had the gun in the first place. You handed it over. So he has no authority over you. But we will come up against resistance. Another time as we were in the uh, main street of the city, a friend of mine sharing our faith with one young man, two demons materialized in, in the form of humans, a male and a female dressed in black, and began to growl at us as we began to witness to this young boy. And uh, they stood behind him. He wasn't aware of these two figures. And they stood there looking at us, black stone on their head, little stone, and just growled at us, turned around, and then disappeared. We realized that whenever we share our faith, God was opening our eyes to see there is demonic resistance stopping people being born again. But as I said, we have all authority and all power over the enemy. They never touched us and they never stopped us from witnessing. They just let us know that we're there and we continue to witness. Because they can't stop you. But they're there and they try to hinder. They're hindering spirits. So what do we do? We take authority. So when you walk into your workplace... And there's resistance. Again, when I was younger, I didn't really understand fully how to operate in this realm. And uh, we had a breakout in another workplace. There were three of us that were born again. I had an office job. And at lunchtime, we would invite the uh, factory uh, employees into my office. And it was a breakout. People, my office was packed with people. And I'd stand at the front and begin to preach the gospel to them in lunchtime. And there was one man who was a lovely guy. He was, he was a really nice man. But the moment he found out that I was preaching to people during lunch, mind you, he went red with rage. He went to the senior management and they shut that down. Because it's a demonic backlash. And so what we didn't realize is we should have taken authority from the beginning. We just allowed them to shut it down. But see, you're going into a workplace where the enemy is at work. He has strongholds. And so as we begin to share our faith, take authority over all the work of the enemy. Take authority over blindness, spiritual blindness, resistance to what God is doing. Yeah. Amen? Amen? I told you the other week about Nahum in 2 Kings 5 verse 14, which is an amazing passage 
where he's healed of leprosy. And when he goes back to his homeland, he's going to have to go into a pagan temple with his king. He would hold the hand of the king as, as the king walked into a pagan temple. So Naaman takes back two uh, bags full of dirt from the Holy Land to sprinkle over the pagan temple floor so as he walked in the presence of God would be with him and so what that tells us is that we can like the picture is that we take the kingdom into every pagan place we go doesn't matter how dark it is the moment you walk in God begins to work because we carry the kingdom within us the kingdom of God Luke 17 is within us so wherever you go you turn darkness into light no matter how dark it is, darkness not, cannot overcome light. No matter where you work, God is with you. You take the kingdom. So when you go to your workplace, begin to pray. Bless the chairs. Bless the place. Speak over the boss. Whatever you need to do, create an open heaven. Holy Spirit has come to empower you. And all the resistance that you're receiving, that you're feeling, that you're picking up, God will break in Jesus' name. Amen? No's not no. It's not. Now you need to be wise, but no's not no. That's just the enemy at work. There's a way around that. Paul said no. He said no quite loudly. He said no at the stoning of Stephen. No! This won't happen. God turned his no into a yes, into a big yes. And Paul said, I was the chief of all sinners. He says, look at me. Whenever you're discouraged by what it seems to be a lack of breakthrough, he says, look at me. I was the picture of anti-God. And God got a hold of me, arrested me, encountered me. And God turned the greatest hindrance into the greatest champion of the gospel. Imagine that. And it's the heart of God that right throughout this building, in every seat, there will be men and women and children whose hearts were far from God who have now been turned to God. There is nothing like meeting people that have just been born again. Amen? Holy Spirit's going to lead you and Holy Spirit's going to empower you. So we say, just lift up your hands now. Lord, I pray over every person that you would not just lead them, but you would empower them by the Spirit. Those listening on a live stream, Lord, those in this building today, empower them by the Spirit. That you would break through every stronghold or resistance, that you would give them wisdom. And Lord, I pray that every demonic stronghold that is opposing breakthrough in relationships would be broken in Jesus' name. You said that you've given us all authority and all power over the enemy. So we receive that by faith today in Jesus' name. Amen? The weakest one, the child in the kingdom is greater than. Are they not? Didn't Jesus say the least in the kingdom is greater than John? And John was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. And Jesus said, every single person here today is greater than all the Old Testament heroes. Elijah took on the prophets of Baal, took them all out. Talk about demonic resistance come against you. Moses stood against Pharaoh. 
and all the magicians. And God said, you know what? Every one of you carry more of the kingdom inside you than Moses, than David, than all. See, the picture of David going to war, it's a physical picture of what we do in the spirit. So, so when David went to war, many, many times, one would put a thousand to flight. Supernatural exploits. It's a picture of us in the realm of the spirit. We have all power and all authority. There are times where multitudes, it seemed, of demons have appeared in, in, in our bedroom and I've looked at them and just gone back to sleep. It's like, get lost. Because I know I have more power than all of you because Jesus is in me. And you will not intimidate me and stop me doing what God's called me to do. He's a loser. Amen? And some of us have been intimidated. But God is with you and he's empowered you. And you can do it. Say, I can do it. See, I believe in you, church. All right. So verse 22 of Acts 16. Holy Spirit's going to lead you. Holy Spirit is going to empower you. And lastly, Holy Spirit is going to flow through you. I love this. Acts 16, 22. So Paul and Silas are cast this demon out. It's funny that what seems like everything going wrong is this God's plan. God takes Paul and Silas into the epicenter of the city to deliver it. So sometimes when it seems like things are getting worse, God is just positioning you for a greater breakthrough. So they cast out the demon, they're doing the Lord's work, and all of a sudden they get arrested, beaten, and thrown in jail, all in a good day's work. So the crowd rose up against them. They, the magistrates tore their robes off them, and they beat, it, beat them with rods, verse 23, and they struck them with many blows, and they threw them into prison, and they commanded the jailer to guard them securely. They're in the natural. We'd be really ticked off. Someone beat me, hit me, and the jailers come. And they would have been rough. Get in there, you dirty thing. And you sit there, you know, blood all over your face. And it says, he received such a command and he threw them in the inner prison and he fastened their feet in the stocks. So in the... In a, in a prison with all people that have been judged and hopeless and discouraged. and See, this is, this is what's behind. This is an evil spirit that's sucking the life out of this city. And the epicenter of all that's going on is in this prison. That, that's, that's, that's at the heart of it. Yeah. And God puts them right. It's like Jesus in hell. Put them right in the center of it because God's about to do something. Amen. And it says... And about midnight. So in, the, in a hopeless city, in the worst part, in the inner prison, with their feet bound, and it seems all hope is gone. And it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were emailing their church constituents saying, all hope is lost, please take care of my family, searing glory. And it says, no, no, they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them so one of the things about sharing our faith is we've talked about being led by the spirit taking authority over the enemy sharing with people 
But the way that we carry ourselves throughout life has a profound impact in the transformation of those around us. And God is going to give each and every one of us opportunities for His love and His nature to shine. I, uh, I'm part of a sports group with my girls and, you know, a lot of the people there aren't overly happy. But the fact that I go there with my two daughters and we have a very connected, loving family and we're happy, it makes such an impact. I've had comments back. First, they attack us like, it won't be too long and your daughters will be off and they'll never speak to you again. Make the most of it now because I know my kids, when they grew up, it's the last I saw of them. And I said, no, 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 it's not like that. We have a deep love and affection. We're going to be connected forever. And they go, ha, ha, ha. But they watch that. And they're impacted by the way God builds families and the love and the respect and the connection that we have. So God will put you in places where in the deep darkness, what's inside of you begins to break out. And people are watching how you behave. People are watching you under stress. People are watching you when things are good and when things are not so good. And the very fact that the joy and the love of God that's in us begins to break out, people will observe and be transformed by that. Paul and Silas had every right to whinge and complain. What would we have done? We're serving God. And what do you get for it? A whack in the head and put him in prison. A lot of us would have been sucking our thumbs. But no, not them. They're singing. They're worshipping. They're praising. They're having a hallelujah time. They're just saying, this is so good, Lord. Thank you that you send us to the worst place because you've got a plan. We praise you, Lord, because you make all things work together for good. We don't understand why we're here, but we know it's not by chance. You've got a plan. You're about to break out in this dark, dingy place. And all the prisoners are listening because they've been sentenced here because it's hopeless. There's no way out and there's despair. And light breaks out in a dark place. This world needs love. It needs genuine joy and gladness and compassion and encouragement. The world has just not been encouraged. Everyone's so selfish. So when we begin to encourage others and build them up and give them gifts. Yeah, that's right. Spend money. Give them gifts. Buy them things. I'm always, it always blows me away when I, when I shout people coffee or meals or buy them things. And it's like, really? Really? You sure? Like, you want to spend money on me? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's only money. You're my friend. I want to buy you something. It's no big deal. Little acts of kindness begin to disseminate through and touch people's hearts. There's no one else singing in prison. They weren't competing with anyone else. And the people began to listen. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken. See, your praise, your love, your encouragement sometimes has greater effect than the words that you share, like the gospel words. It begins to shake the foundations that, are, that the enemy is using to keep people bound. Do you get this? They're bound. The enemy doesn't want them to be born again. And it's our love. He can't see. The Bible says love never fails. 
It's a weapon that we use. So we're praying against the enemy, but we're releasing love and joy. And the enemy freaks out because he can't hold joy and love back. Breaks out. Not just in our lives, but collectively, God begins to move. And you know, many of you know the story. There's an earthquake. The foundations that the enemy had built on, God's angry, foundations of God's mean, God's people are stingy. They're all against everything. They're all rules and regulations. All these foundations that the enemy has built lies upon in people's lives begin to get shattered. Are you getting this? If you're getting it, say amen. amen. Good. And the jailer awoke and he saw the prison doors open and drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul somehow knew, cried out, don't do it. So this guy was probably the meanest guy to Paul and Silas. And God's relentless love goes out to people that least deserve it. And he fell down before Paul and he says, what do I need to do to be saved? It was such a transformation in this event. And I want to share with you just before we finish today, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to remind us today that we are filled with the fullness of God. And Paul and Silas in this prison were filled with the joy of the Lord. It's not their joy. They were filled with God's joy. They were so aware of the abundance of God within them, and they just began to release it. And I want to encourage you this week to have an overflowing approach to life, to say to God, you know what, it's actually not about how I feel, but I believe that the oldest past the new has come, that I am in you today, and you are in me. And I'm, by faith, going to release your joy and your gladness and your love and your kindness everywhere I go. It's going to explode. It's going to leak out. It's going to manifest over people this week. They are going to encounter your love this week. Amen? Amen. As we look at this story, it's evident that joy, and we're going to be speaking about joy next month, joy is one of the greatest weapons against the enemy. The key to their breakthrough was releasing the overflowing life of the Spirit. And one of the key dynamics of this was joy in this story. They began to worship God. They began to praise God when there was no reason naturally to do it. They began to worship Him and praise Him. Now imagine if we did that in our workplace. Again, getting there early, rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in this workplace, that you love everyone, that you, you rejoice. You don't look at them and condemn them. You're not angry at my workplace. You love these people. And this week, you are going to pour out your joy. I'm expecting for people to begin to laugh again, to rejoice, to have a, a breakout of a new revelation of how good life is and how good you are. Amen. Wow. Joy does that. I remember telling a story, but it bears repeating again in the Bible of, of David talking about Jesus when he went to hell in Acts 2.25. It says that when he went to hell, he wasn't abandoned there. It says, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body lives in hope. You will not abandon me in the grave. You've made known to me the path of life. You've made me full of joy in your presence. This is David prophesying about what would happen in hell. This is what Jesus said. 
You're with me, Lord. I'm not going to be shaken. My heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body lives in hope. You haven't abandoned me. You've made known to me the path of life. You make me full of joy in your presence. Jesus is saying this in the bowels of hell. No wonder hell vomited him up. Like Jonah in the whale. Get out of here. We can't hang it. We, can't, we, can't, we just can't have it anymore. The worship language of hell is moaning, complaining, and self-pity. Do you know they've got series of songs on that in hell? You don't know how bad... See, a lot of it's country and western as well. <laughs> lost my cat, lost my dog. My wife ran off from the other man. Life sucks. And it's a number one hit. It's the worship songs of hell. But Jesus is in hell and he begins to sing about the goodness of God. You make known to me the, the, the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. My tongue rejoices. I see hope. I see a way out. Even though it looks bad, you will never leave me or forsake me. If I make my bed in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. You are always with me. And wherever you are, there is life and there's a way out. There is victory. There is hope. No wonder the prison doors broke open because the enemy can't stand it. If you bring joy into your workplace, the foundations will begin to shake. So, we, so like Paul, we educate ourselves as we go out into the marketplace on the subject of who God is and what he's like and what he thinks about my workplace. Is he interested in my workplace? What does he think about the people? Is he angry? Is he happy? Does he have a heart of love towards them? Do you know Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst. He is an angry man. Now it says, He is a warrior who is ready to deliver. Now listen to this. He takes great delight in you. He renews you by your love and he shouts for joy over you. How is he going to deliver the people that need to be delivered in your life? He's going to take great delight in them. He's going to renew them in his love. He's going to shout joy over their lives. It's so different to how many of us have been raised. Get out the three spiritual laws and tell them, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. Well, that may be true, but it's, it's, like, it's like a minute part of the gospel. That's not the heart of the gospel. That's the outcome of those that reject Jesus. But that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is in the prodigal son who stands there every day waiting for his people Amen. to get a revelation of how good he truly is. That the enemy's sown so many lies. So we go into this prison and we begin to declare the goodness of God over our city, over the people that we're around. I was saying to some people just the other day, the role of the media in God's mind is to bring hope. It's to take every bad story and bring a new twist to it. It's to stop that story from breeding fear and it bring God's perspective. And that's what we do is we go into the workplace, we begin to speak words of hope. We break fear. We shut fear down so it doesn't spread. Fear invites the enemy to do it again. Hope says God's going to turn everything around for good. 
And that's what we do in our workplace. In a sense, this prison was of their own making. They'd agreed with the lies of the enemy and all the stuff that the enemy had spewed over them. And so Paul and Silas, they come with an opposite spirit and they begin to talk about the goodness of God. And here's a thought. All the fruit of the Spirit are given to us to undo the works of the enemy. And whenever the enemy is at work, there is a fruit of the Spirit that will undo all the works of the enemy. Amen. God has allocated a fruit of the Spirit to every negative experience in your life. Shall I say that again? God has allocated the fruit of the Spirit or a fruit of the Spirit to every negative experience in your life and in the lives of those around you. So for them, in this prison, hopelessness, despondency, anger, frustration, God just says, you know what, Paul and Silas, you're overflowing with me today and I want to break out with joy. My joy is going to overcome all the works of the enemy. It's going to undo it all. It's an opposite spirit. And I'm sending you in not to judge them and tell them how terrible they are, but to go in with an opposite spirit and begin to break all the works and the lies of the enemy. And God's sending you this week with the fruit of the Spirit. You have it in abundance. I don't feel love. Again, it's not your love. If it is, you've got a problem. It's His love. The Bible says that Christ is in you. And you are in Him. And so when the Holy Spirit leads you, it's because He wants to break out. So God, to this day, let your love, let your joy, let your peace, let all the fruit of the Spirit, whatever it is, whatever this person needs to be born again, show me how much to release of that fruit to do the job. Another thought, people can't repent until they see the goodness and the kindness of God. Because it's, it's not with waving placards and banners and telling people how miserable they are. But the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So if people are going to come to repentance, it's because God's people are dispensing kindness. But you know and I know that some of God's people are not very kind and not very generous and not very happy. But Paul and Silas began to dispense the kindness of God. Think about it. Here's a jailer who has been part of you being beaten up. He's, he's been rough. He's thrown you in jail. And the very first person that Paul ministers to, when the jailers, you know, Paul doesn't say, beauty, I'm out of here. Right? Next missionary trip. Right? Sign up. Get ready. Get, get the next trip planned. I'm going to go there and there and get the books ready. No. He's immediately going to the very person that's hurting him the most and dispensing the kindness of God. And not just that it affects him, but his whole family get born again. So this week, let's pray that, Holy Spirit, that you lead me, that you empower me, and that you flow through me. That you lead me, that you empower me, and that you flow through me. That you lead me to people that are hungry and are desperate. It might be someone you've never met before. It might be just this chance encounter down the street with somebody. Lead me.
Now empower me. Empower me to take authority when the enemy tries to resist what you're doing in their lives. Give me eyes to see. Show me what demonic, if there is a demonic spirit resisting their breakthrough, show me and I'll take authority over it. Empower me. Whatever they need for their breakthrough, use me. That empowerment might be wisdom. It might be a gift of the Spirit. It could be a word of knowledge. It could be just the fact that you take authority over the demons that are blinding their eyes. Lead me, empower me, and flow through me. So that means I, I can't be a misery gut anymore. Nobody knows the problems I've seen. Nobody knows. Eeyore's gone out the door. And we say, Lord, your joy is my strength. And so for some of us, we just got to do it by faith. Lord, I carry you in me today and I'm going to be a self for other spirit because you're a self for other spirit. I'm going to look out for the interests of others before my own. I, my, your joy in my life is the thing that they need for their freedom. So flow through me today. Let your joy be your joy be my strength and release that strength to other people. I remember what Andrew said that as I rejoice, as I love, as I exercise the fruit of the Spirit, it begins to shatter the foundations that the enemy keeps people under. The the prisons, the lies, all the things that are in people's head. You know, and I've had all those. You know, I can't come to church because if I come to church, Howard freeze over. You know, I've heard them all. I've heard all the stupid lies and, you know, God could never forgive me. And, you know, it's like I'll, once I get my life right, all these rubbish, you know, God doesn't exist. It's just garbage. And I learned long ago not to believe any of the lies that people say because inside every person, God has put a God-shaped hole. Don't believe the lies and the anger and all the garbage that comes out of people's mouth. Don't believe it. That's your advantage. I don't believe the lies that people say when they say I don't believe in God. So, okay. I know you do. I know you do. Because God shaped everyone like that. And the enemy's at work in you, but I, I'm, I'm at work too. I take authority over those lies and that blindness. God, show them the hole that's in their heart that only you can fill. I'm on an assignment. Now release your love through me this week. Help me, Lord, to be their friend. Cause me to love them. Cause me to release joy. And I've seen uncommon favor as I've begun. You know, we're part of a group. Uh, my, the girls and I are sporting club. And, uh, you know, it's probably not where I'd pick to go. But there's lost people there. And I've got favor. People like us. But every walk in, their faces shine up. We've got favor. People are attracted to us. And so it's not about me. It's not about my aftershave. It's, it's about Christ in me. There's something in me that people are attracted to, and it's called Jesus. And something's beginning to, their foundations are beginning to crumble, and they're beginning to see hope again. That's what it is. And all the lies that the enemy has spewed over them, like this, this demon-possessed woman who's been spewing all these lies, Paul and Silas come in, and they're all broken. All broken. Hearts are open. So I prophesy this week by faith that the lives are broken and hearts are open. Amen. How's that, hey? The lives are broken and hearts are open. And you may want to say that this week, Lord, when I come across people, the lives are broken 
and their hearts open. And God, see, I had this picture this week that God's going to take some of us, or many, all of us that are open, on the, on the most amazing adventure. The enemy's been saying, you be careful, you be careful, you act too much like a Christian, and all the doors of favor are going to shut, you'll get kicked out of your workplace. And Now, if, if you're operating wisdom and God's love, God will make a way where there is no way. God will bless you and prosper you because it's His kingdom, it's His agenda. And when you serve His agenda and His, His kingdom, He will make sure that you're always better off. Amen? Amen? So we break the lies and all the garbage that the enemy puts on us. He says we're not able, we're not capable, we don't know enough of the Bible. We chuck all that out and we say, Lord, this week, hearts are, what did I say before? It was sounding good. Lies are broken and hearts are open. See, it must have been God because I forgot. It must have, what, what was it again? Lies are broken and hearts are open. Let's say it together. Lies are broken, hearts are open. One more time so I don't forget. Lies are broken, hearts are open. Let's declare that this week, hey? Holy Spirit's going to lead us, empower us, and flow through us. You are going to have your greatest week sharing Jesus that you've ever had in your life. And you on live stream and YouTube, it's your week. Watch what God does. So lift your hands with me today. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for this message. It's your heart to us. You don't condemn us. You don't beat us up and say you should do better. You're here today just to encourage us and inspire us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to partner with us this week. And you're going to give us breakthrough. Breakthrough in our confidence to share, to let your kingdom flow through us. You're going to give us opportunities. You're going to break lies and open hearts. You're going to do that this week. And Lord, I pray that this week would be the beginning of such an amazing journey for the rest of our lives. We'll be known as those that are led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and overflow by the Spirit. You're going to give us many opportunities to reproduce. Many, many, many people are going to come into the kingdom because of what's happened in our lives. We will reproduce. You said you're glorified when we bear much fruit. So we ask, Holy Spirit, use us, flow through us, manifest yourself through us. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless your people with great success this week. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.